Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to live, and so to make it a little bit nicer for a few minutes a week, I'm going to play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because he's the only contestant. We're going to play a game, and I will assign my guest points based on how much his answers cheer me up, and then the winner and only contestant gets to give a pep talk to cheer up the person of their choice or the group of their choice because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. Of course, as every week, the grand prize winner wins a $100 donation to the cause of their choice. My guest today is an Emmy-nominated writer for his work on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He's also written numerous comic books and children's books, including Santa's Husband and the upcoming Princess Dinosaur. Welcome to the show, Daniel Kibblesmith. Hey, thank you for having me. I am very, very excited. Thank you for being here. I'm so I'm so excited you're doing this. Um, how are you holding up? I'm okay. Yeah, we're Good. okay. Uh, we're uh, at home. Uh, obviously. Um, I'm just on the elliptical machine like 30 hours a day. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, that's how my body feels time passing, like uh, with my arms swinging back and forth like a Mickey Mouse watch. <laughs> right. It's uh, the human metric. Yeah. I'm making, I'm making the sun cross the sky <laughs> by, by pumping those levers. So yeah, that's my, that's my big quarantine project is cardio. Our game today is called The Kibblesmith Identity. Daniel, many people think that you and I look a lot alike. They say it to us on the internet all the time. Yeah, into our faces sometimes. Into our faces! I'm not not flattered, but it is. it does come up a lot. Yeah, it comes up more than I think it would, because I my, my company line on this is that I kind of don't buy it. But mm-hmm. then every time I get comfortable that you and I have have created this distance, uh, it happens. Yeah. It happens to me again. Uh, it happens a lot online. Uh, it happened once on an airplane when my wife was reading your book, <laughs> and the flight attendant uh, touched me, which you can't do on airplanes now, and said, "Oh my god, that. is that you?" <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, what a so- weird question and way to broach it. Come on, lady. <laughs> just have some discretion. Uh, yes, I'm making my wife read my book. <laughs> She's reading. If she doesn't read it by the time the plane lands, I'm leaving her. That's it. Just a classic cross-country flight book reading ultimatum. That's the Kibblesmith ultimatum. This, of course, is the Kibblesmith identity. Is right, the game. right. That's too earlier. So to disambiguate each of us from the other, in this game, you will answer questions based on concepts of image and sense of self. Are you ready to play the Kibblesmith identity? I am ready. Let's do this. Okay, let's start simple. If you could give yourself a nickname in a way that, like, people accepted and didn't think it was corny, they were just like, great, we'll call you what you like. Uh, What would you choose? So I think we've all kind of had it beaten into us that you're not supposed to do this under any circumstances. But if I could give myself a nickname, what I would actually do is choose a nickname that uh, I don't think that person is worthy of uh, and go by the situation. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is I feel the best nickname of all time. And I think it's like a cultural tragedy (laughs) that we (laughs) pinned it on that guy. Now, what kind of aura would you want to evoke? Like if someone was like, Oh, you know, my friend, the situation, like, what would you want people to assume about you? I think if, if you if your nickname is the situation, I think you have to like be in this kind of legal gray area mm-hmm. at all times. It should be like potentially dangerous. Yeah. You should have a lot of Bitcoin. 
and yeah. <laughs> like know a lot of stuff about international waters. Right. <laughs> like right. all those weird liminal areas that people dare not dwell. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, man, that's the situation. Like once he gave me this like painting that's actually kind of famous and he wouldn't say where he got it. <laughs> That dude's the situation. <laughs> You're appropriating this nickname from him, kind of like wresting it from him like a title belt. Is there some kind of combat you would have to do or do you just get it by virtue of you deserve it more? I don't know that I could take him in combat, but you know what I would do is just wait until he was in jail again for tax stuff. And then <laughs> I think it's just like essentially public domain. Yeah, when someone is in jail, you can take their nickname. Yeah, it's true. That's why I'm juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nobody was using it. <laughs> Sorry, OJ, you were on the inside, big guy. <laughs> Juice Gondelman, that's me. That's right. This is a terrific start. 25 points for that nickname. I think it is 20 points because it's a great nickname and five points just for the moxie of commandeering it. Right on. I'm very proud of this. Of course. Deservedly so. Next question. This is similar, but the stakes are a little higher. If you had a fake passport made for whatever reason, what would you want the alias on it to be? I think this situation would be a little ostentatious for like an actual fake ID. Yeah, no, you're in you're in like uh, surname territory. Mm -hmm. The first fake name that I came up with, um, which is not a fake name, it's just also somebody else's name, is Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> it does kind of sound like. Uh, like a fake name. Right. Like if you if you bought a passport in Chinatown, you'd look at it and say, Bobby Cannavale? Do I look like a Bobby Cannavale to you? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And you're like, okay. Or it's like someone's older brother's fake ID that gets handed down to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I guess this was a real name in 1976. <laughs> but the weird thing about that impulse is that I'm not like picturing, I'm not disguising myself as the Bobby Cannavale. Right. I see like like a British traveler with like like a white shirt and like open with gray chest hair. Okay. Like I'm Bobby Cannavale. Like yeah. I'm good. Like he's on like European holiday. And it's like, I'm going to see the Sphinx, you know, or like something like, I'm going to ride the Orient Express and my wife is dead. It's like that's, that's who Bobby Conrad, I have really strong opinions about like assigning people the wrong names. You're in line behind him. He's turning around being like, it's a good time of year for sardines. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you cool. seem like you would know that. Yeah. This is an excellent answer. This is a 32-point answer. Oh, wow. Yeah, 16 points for the existing Bobby Cannavale, 16 points for the Bobby Cannavale you invented. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Next question. If you had an identical twin, what is the first prank you'd pull together? I think I got to shoot from the hip and say that uh, we would perform the first reverse parent trap and break up my parents' marriage together. <laughs> Which I don't. I don't think any twin has ever done in the, the the opposite direction. Two adult men who look like each other, like you know, realizing that their parents like don't really have an you know they got married at like twenty four and mm -hmm. don't really have an identity outside of each other, and yep. you know, it's a it's a gentle divorce prank. <laughs> a GDP, yeah, classic GDP, <laughs> which is what that always stands for. <laughs> Correct. Perfect. This is a great answer. I think. Uh, a divorce prank. It's high stakes. It's exciting. It is easy, more easily pulled off with a twin. This is 40 points. Wow. 20 for you. 20 for you to hold on to in case your twin materializes ever. Sure. Yeah. Sure to redistribute. But they're yours until he exists. Next question. 
If someone stole your identity, what's one thing you'd want them to do while pretending to be you? I have a completely sincere answer to this, which is I have a, a backpack full of paperwork that I need to just like go through and just sort. Mm-hmm. So if if somebody wanted to steal my identity, I would love for them to go through my backpack full of paperwork. This is like a backpack full of paperwork is like the adult reality of Dora the Explorer's promise as a child. <laughs> right. The map is in there somewhere. Yeah, there, right. There's a map, but also there's like an overdue library book. Right. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of tax stuff. Well, if I'm on the corporate account, then the year doesn't start when, oh, God. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's like, God, man. Dora's like, I never should have become Dora the Incorporated. <laughs> It's just a nightmare with paperwork. I never see Boots. No. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Boots has kids. Like, we're not (laughs) going to... They never hang out anymore. Gosh, they drifted apart in college. Boots and Dora. That's such a a wonderful practical answer. Maybe they'll steal your identity by stealing the backpack. And then as like kind of a penance, they'll go through the whole thing as part of assuming your identity and doing fraud. That might be worth it. They'll feel guilty. I feel guilty using this opportunity to just take care of paperwork because I feel like a lot of what it is could just be done on like apps like oh yeah depositing checks paying bills yep. it's it's so it's so low-key really they would just need my phone <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't need my entire identity they would just need my passcode well I hope they find it and I hope they take care of this paperwork excellent answer a 30 point answer Woo! next question if you could be depicted by any visual artist in history, or I guess performance artist, there could be a dance about you. Which artist would you choose and why? This one is very easy for me. And the answer is Banksy. <laughs> can you describe to me what the Banksy that's you would be? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, so, I mean, it'd be like, obviously the classic, like kind of like black, you know, not quite silhouette, like impression of me on the on the brick wall. Mm-hmm. And then I would be uh, holding my Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. But then there would be like um, like a Japanese businessman and he's using controllers to play me. Oh, shit. That would be the Banksy of me. You'd be you've been Banksy. Yeah. (laughs) Banksy knows. That's why I picked him, because Banksy doesn't go for like soft targets. Like, no, like if Banksy draws you. You know that, like, you you feel bad. You know, you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. you're you're a bad person. You've probably done something bad to deserve this. Mm-hmm. But like on the other hand, like your imposter syndrome goes right out the window because if Banksy paints you, you have like made it financially. Mm-hmm. You know, like culturally, like Mickey Mouse like sees Banksy and his, like his feelings aren't hurt. He's just like like yeah, that's right. I am Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. That's right, Banksy. Yeah, what are you going to do to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't you can't touch this. That is a good element of being painted by Banksy. You're like, wow, I must be on top of the world. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I'm going to stop and smell the roses today. Right. Out of an assault rifle. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is such a good answer. Banksy. That is 40 points and then 10 points for never really knowing who Banksy is. So that's 50 points in total. Oh, yeah. Next question. If there were a statue of you, where would you want it to be located and what accomplishment would it be in honor of? I talk about this a lot and I'm proud of things that I've done that I've worked hard on. 
I, I, I love my jobs. I love my wife. But whenever anybody asks me something specific that I'm proud of, I always say the time that I found $35 on the 66 bus in Chicago. And, uh, you know, you can't, it's cash. You can't return it. Even if I wanted to, there's no way of figuring out if that person was still on the bus. So I would like there to be a statue of me holding $35 on that bus so that people who take that bus to the to work in the morning occasionally like like hey I got the the statue one today. Yeah. I got the one with the guy. Oh, that's fun. You know, and they would like take selfies with it and like they would hold $35. And some people would know what it was about and other people there would just they would make up lore. Yeah, definitely. Like kids would make fun of it. You know, like that's the that's the nerd that with the money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. This Thirty-five dollars. I'm gonna pretend to make out with it. <laughs> oh, that's an excellent answer. That is worth thirty-five points. One for each dollar you found on the sixty-six bus. Amazing. Yeah, that's. I think that's very intuitive. Next question: If you could do a face-off, like in the movie Face Off, who would you trade faces and I guess lives with? And you'd also make them live your life. Oh, that's interesting. So now there's an yeah. element of trust. So if I was going to face off with anybody, I would face off with Jennifer Aniston. Very nice choice. Yes. Tell me more. Uh, because she is an ageless beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the way that she navigates all of her business decisions and the tabloid stuff, I would feel comfortable with her running my life. You know what? She'd probably mm-hmm. take care of that bag of paperwork. Or she'd get somebody. She definitely would. She she definitely has a paperwork guy. Yeah. I guess, is that just an accountant? Yeah, paperwork guy? Yeah. <laughs> I said it to my paperwork guy. That's the fancy word for paperwork guy. It's, it's my first day being rich. I just won the lottery and I don't know the names <laughs> of rich people things yet. I wonder if that paperwork guy knows a plain guy. <laughs> might, might save me some yelping. And if I were Jennifer Aniston for, I don't know how long this is, a day, a week. I, sure. So Your month wh- or even a year. <laughs> I'll be there as you. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think, I think that I want to know, I want to know what it looks like when you got a million dollars an episode in your like late 20s. And then, like, syndication money, and then Netflix money, and then HBO money. And movies. She was, like, for a long time was leading, you know, opening movies, Hollywood movies. Yeah, she was uh, during an era where we were still allowed to make romantic comedies. Yeah. She was a movie star. Yeah. Because I think a lot about, I'm in the biz, you know? Mm -hmm. Josh, we're in the biz. Mm -hmm. We are in the biz. I think a lot. (laughs) We're entertainment guys. We're we're entertainment guys. (laughs) And um, I think a lot about, like, how technology has sort of, like, flattened wealth in a lot of ways, where it's like when you were, like, a rich – when you were, like, a rail baron, you know, you would just have, like, the biggest house. Yeah. And now I probably have the same phone as – like, I have the same iPhone as the guy who makes the iPhones. Like, I just have the one that came out very recently. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like with Jennifer Aniston, I just want to, like, see her bathrooms – yeah. I just that's something that that's something that I can't I can't touch. Uh her weird crazy walk-in showers, you know, with like themes mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. 
and like eras and like cultural influences. Yeah. I just yes. want to bum around in her space. That would be so great. I think not, you know, not in any kind of creepy way, but just to be like, what kind of thread count? There must be a thread count that is pushing the upper limits of science for threads. So I would go, I would live this life with my, I don't know, husband, question mark, Justin Throw. I think they're, I don't think they're Are together they no longer, anymore. oof. Hey. I don't think so. Hey, sorry, 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 pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make a leftovers pun. <laughs> but I do, but I do want to switch brains with your wife. <laughs> hey, man, look, not, I don't want to do nothing weird or nothing. I just want to switch brains with your wife for some, some span of time. That's, just, up, that's up to her. I'm just, She's a grown lady. She makes her decisions. Around, you know. <laughs> I just want to see a linen closet. Yeah, I just want to, I want to run my hands over some marble. I want to know, like, what kind of Brita filter you have. Like, is it a regular one or is there a special one from like a, like a Brookstone that I don't even get the catalog? Oh, it's like, it's all deliveries. It's all deliveries and you never even see the guy. Mm -hmm. You just open the, you know, you open the walk-in and it's all stocked Mm -hmm. and you're They have a water guy. Oh, for sure. For sure they have a water guy and he is called that. There is not, there is not a real word for water guy. If they are, we don't make enough money to know (laughs) what that word is. Excellent. This is, this is such a good answer. Jennifer Aniston just a, a breathtaking choice for on both sides, I think, how she will administrate your life. Also, I think your wife would really enjoy hanging out with Jennifer Aniston with your face. Oh, they would have a great time. Yeah. They would have a they would have a remarkable time. Yeah. So this this is a a win 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 win. I'm counting Thoreau in this. Sure. Too. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hear about it and he's just gonna be glad that everybody's that everybody's safe. That is worth forty one points. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Next question. If you had an omniscient talking mirror like in Sleeping Beauty, what is the question you would ask it most frequently? I want to be careful with this because we have a device. We have like a Google device in our house where you can ask it stuff and it Mm -hmm. knows, you know. So I don't want to have a magic mirror and then just like ask like what the weather is Mm -hmm. every day. That feels like such a waste. Because I think, though, if you asked your Google device, like, who's the fairest of them all, right, it would give you an algorithmically generated answer, not, like, the truest answer. Yeah, that's true. And it's also a common enough phrase that it might be one of those things where the engineers have turned it into a bit, like yeah. a, like an Easter egg or something, and it's not yeah. going to be as funny as, you know, you would hope. I would ask my magic mirror to see footage of... David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson uh, just hanging out on the set of X-Files, like stuff that's like not on the DVDs. Just, you know, they don't have smartphones yet. They're probably like reading magazines and just, you know, flirting with each other. Yeah. That's what I would, I would be like getting dressed in the morning and be like, hey, put on, uh, put on Duchovny. (laughs) Sorry, mirror, mirror mirror on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it activates. You still have to do it. Duchovny and Anderson having a ball. (laughs) <laughs> on the set of X-Files in nineteen ninety, oh, yeah, it's got to rhyme. It's got to rhyme. <laughs> that is a great answer. Because I think you're right. I, I, this is something I hadn't considered with the question, but you want something ungoogleable. Yes, you want something that only a magic mirror could provide, but you also don't want to go like full tilt into Twilight Zone territory where it's right. like, just how do I die? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <That> is... <laughs> Let me see. Show me the terrible knowledge that will consume me for the rest of my days. 
<laughs> right. You just want to see two good-looking people wearing federal agent clothes, yeah. palling around, ordering lunch. Fake name tags. You know, maybe they, yeah. you know, their feet touch in the director's chairs. <laughs> this is a great answer. That answer is 30 points. Right on. Yeah. Next question. Okay, let's say you can go back in time, and obviously you try to avoid yourself, but past you sees future you, and is like, hey, who are you? What do you say to him? I wouldn't tell my young self to, like, try to prevent any tragedy, because I can't imagine mm-hmm. anything sadder or more hopeless than, like, than like a nine-year-old boy being like, there's there's a plague coming in 2020. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, there's nothing he can what, do. What a just horrible thing to live with, <laughs> just to be like, 9-11 happens, and you can't stop it. You're a child. Bro, what does those numbers mean? <laughs> Yep. Like, don't worry about it. And then you're just seeing nines and elevens everywhere, like right, looking for meeting. Thing? No, I would, t- I would just tell my young self to start drinking coffee that adults, the reason like you're sleepy all the time and that adults run the world and you don't is that they're cheating. That's a great answer. Perfect. It's practical. It doesn't arouse suspicion. Probably barely ripples the fabric of the space-time continuum. Yeah, I'm not that tall now. Like, I don't really think that it would have the the stunting the growth. Growth stunting, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, perfect. Just an, an exceptional answer. This answer is worth 33 points. Woo! Yeah. Next question. If someone was going to dress up as you for Halloween, what is the detail you'd be most flattered if they got right? If they uh, were... Tr- <laughs> If they were trying to get all of their Apple Watch fitness goals, if they were trying to close all of the colorful concentric circles where you have to stand up uh, once per hour, the Apple branded kind of Fitbit uh, stuff, mm-hmm. that would feel like they'd really done their homework. That they knew. That's great. If they were talking to me and they seemed to be getting anxious and really putting all of that onto their wrist as an avatar for their anxiety, and and I said, hey, do you want to do you want to go like stand up? Do you just want to like walk up and down one staircase right now? And they're like, yeah, I kind of, I do, kind of got to do that. They would be, you would be like, you got me. Yeah, that's you nailed me to the wall. I feel very seen. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. This is an excellent answer. A twenty-six point answer. Your final question. If there were a movie about your life, who is the actor who looks the least like you who would best capture your essence? I want to do something that distinguishes from a a face swap with Jennifer Aniston Mm -hmm. because that's more about like my lived experience. Of course. I'm going to say Harrison Ford, but not like Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. I mean Harrison Ford now. Oh, yeah. Like 78 years old. Like, just wearing the same clothes that he's been wearing in other movies for 30 years. Like, always causing trouble by flying his plane where they don't want him to fly his plane. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a pilot, but I do feel like I'm often in places where I'm not welcome. (laughs) Excellent final answer. Closing the game strong. This is a 36-point answer uh, for Harrison Ford playing you in the film. Kibble Smith. I imagine it would be called. That's what I would say it would be called. I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of them out there. Another good name for your biopic would be The Situation. (laughs) I gotta earn it. Yeah, you gotta earn it. I mean, not yet, but someday. Yeah. Daniel Kibblesmith, that concludes this round of the Kibblesmith identity, which I imagine is the only one we'll play on this show. Probably, yeah. I have, like, siblings and stuff, but, you know, you don't know any of them yet. I don't, but I'm not cutting myself off from meeting them. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the table. An excellent round of gameplay. Just tremendous, dynamic, strong. 
That completes a 378-point round of gameplay, the highest total score in Make My Day history. That is incredible. You have absolutely dominated this round of the Kibblesmith identity. How do you feel? I feel amazing. I am uh, so blessed and, and happy to have experienced this. Thank you so much again for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for doing it. As the grand prize winner for this week, you win a $100 donation to a charity or cause of your choice. Uh, where will the money be going? I am choosing a old standby, which is the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, who uh, at the time of this recording uh, is doing a good work with uh, the sort of new fuzzy fascism that is rolling out on our streets uh, up to and including people in my city being put into unmarked vans for unclear reasons by people who are not in uniforms. Mm -hmm. So uh, they are a longstanding organization with a lot of infrastructure, and I'm happy to help them out, and I hope that other people do as well. That's a great cause, a great explanation. I think they do really necessary and and vital work all the time, and and now especially as, as a time where it feels really relevant to support them. $100 $100 to the ACLU. I'll put the donation link in the show notes so anyone else who's interested can donate as well. And our final segment for this week and every week is the pep talk. We will each give a pep talk, Daniel and I, to a person or group of people that we think needs it or deserves it or might just want to hear it. I'll go first. My pep talk is for guys who start losing their hair young, a cause near and dear to my heart. Hey guys. It is a bad feeling the first time you notice extra hair in the shower drain, or you catch yourself in the mirror and notice a little forehead that wasn't there before, the way a river increases the depth of a canyon almost imperceptibly over time. This is not the future you'd imagine for yourself, at least not yet. But you're never going to be ready. Not really. It was always going to be too soon. And the gift of starting to lose your hair young is that you know the man you're going to be. There's no illusion that you're going to grow up into a Jason Momoa or a Questlove. You know what your future is. Settle into it with dignity. Decide to be the Michael Jordan of admitting you have the same hairline as Michael Jordan. Figure out the look that's going to work for you going forward. Your body's always going to age in ways you'd rather it didn't. And when you learn that young, you worry less about it across the board going forward. Some people may care what you look like, that's true. But most people won't. They won't judge you for the thing you're judging yourself for. And in time, you'll become who you are always going to be, and it'll be totally fine. Think about it this way. Picture J.K. Simmons with a full head of hair. You can't, right? It would look weird. See? That's what I mean. Daniel, I would love to hear your pep talk now, please. I would like to give a pep talk to the teenagers who have been taking my jokes literally on Twitter lately. (laughs) Sucked. I know adults are stupid. It's the one thing teenagers have always and will always be right about. But sometimes we're stupid on purpose, or even professionally. I know that can be frustrating when I get something wrong about Avatar The Last Airbender because it came out when I was in college and I haven't had a specific reason to go back to it. And I know things are especially frustrating this summer. No going to the pool with your friends, no summer jobs to buy a Twitch streaming rig. The last thing you need is a TV writer pushing 40, acting willfully ignorant about the romantic subtext between Finn and Poe. But remember, teens, I'm the one who's jealous of you. Even this year, it's still probably the best time ever to be a teenager. You can video chat with friends all over the world with a supercomputer in your pocket. Video games and movies have never been more technologically advanced or instantly available. 
and major tech companies like Tumblr and Pornhub are waging public battles to defend the mainstreaming of your 21st century perversions. So if I'm acting like an old fogey sometimes, don't worry about it. Just switch over to TikTok, where I'm way too scared to show my face. <laughs> That's perfect. A wonderful pep talk. I hope the teens hear it. I hope this show has a big teen listenership. This will be the thing. This will yeah, put this it is over. Yeah, <laughs> Well, listeners, teens, adults, tweens, I don't know who listens. That has been our show. Thank you for listening. This has been Make My Day. And a big thank you to this week's champion, Daniel Kibblesmith. Daniel, where can people find you and your work? They can find me on social media, at Kibblesmith, uh, which we determined was not a very common name and is always available mm-hmm. for me to sign up, uh, and at kibblesmith.com. Wonderful. Also, if you need a reminder, Daniel's charity is the ACLU, if you'd like to make a donation of your own. And if you have your own answers to today's game of the Kibblesmith identity, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman. Daniel, you are welcome to include yourself in that offer or not. You're a busy person. Yeah, people can hit me up anytime. If I don't see it, uh, it's because uh, you said something that was confusing and I'm folding laundry. Perfect. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. <laughs>